Good morning. So Pastor Doug is on a quick little uh, trip to Florida with his family. Uh, They're getting to uh, both of their sides of their family are both having reunions this weekend. So I heard I haven't seen them online yet, but I hear that they're posting pictures. So it's a great thing. I think Bryson, I've heard, has never got the chance to meet a lot of the family. So they're going on a quick little trip to, uh, yeah, and only, I think they left yesterday, come back tomorrow. So I get the honor of uh, sharing God's word with you today. So we're going to be celebrating the miracle of the virgin birth as we honor God, and we're going to be celebrating his goodness today. All right? So we're going to take a little bit of time to, to break open into God's word, and uh, we're going to be talking about letting go of control of some of the things that hold us back from the world spiritually. And so today what I want to do is I want to let Luke chapter 1 speak to us today about letting control. So before we get started, though, I want, I'm curious, how many of you, like honestly, would admit that you have something that you really love to control? Like, raise your hands. Like, some of you would probably have lots of areas that you like to control. And you know what? If you have the urge to lift up the hand of the person next to you, (laughs) this message may be for you as well. So so what we're going to do is we're going to read a portion of uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And before we do that, though, we do have a, uh, a tradition that we like to do around here where we hold up our Bibles and we say a little creed. Like some of you use a, a phone or like a tablet. That's fine as well. Uh, there's a Bible in front of you as well if you'd like to grab one of those. But let's lift up our Bibles and let's say a creed. The Bible is the word of God. The truth of the Bible will change my life. Lord, open my heart and awaken my mind and give me grace to respond. Change me for your glory and my joy. Amen. So this is, this is starting in verse 26, uh, page 803 in the Bibles that are, uh, that are under the seat in front of you. Okay, This is God's word. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, quick pause. I'm going to switch over to the NLT version for a moment because I like the way it says this and it fits in the message today. So follow with me in verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, what the angel could mean. So guys, I know that some of you, you may be feeling confused about something that's going on in your life as well. And you may be thinking, I wish this wasn't happening, right? Like, why am I here? I never thought that I'd be experiencing this. You're disturbed, maybe. And you, and you may be feeling like, I can't handle this. You know, I don't know what we're going to do. I just, you feel like you want to control it, right? You feel like you need to figure this out. 
why in the world is this happening to me? I never thought that at this point in my life that I'd be experiencing what I'm experiencing right now. And so even Mary, though, even after hearing from the angel of God, is confused and disturbed. Continuing on in verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for we have found favor with you, with, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of the father David, and he will reign over his house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who, who was called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. And you know what? I, I think, I don't know if you guys ever think, I'm thinking, what if Mary responded like, this isn't convenient for me, right? Like, this isn't my five-year goals. Uh, you know, you have no idea. If this happens to be, I'm going to be pregnant in my wedding gown. You know what? I paid a lot of money for this. And I want my wedding photos to look good, right? So I don't know. But I think Mary, you know, actually responded and said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. But then she did something really, really cool. She said, she, she actually quoted the Beatles. And she said, Let it be. Let it be according to your word. And the angel Parted from her. Everybody say, let it be. Let it be be according to your word, disturbed and confused. And the angel speaks as she says, let it be. Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I have a feeling that, or I can already tell, based on the hands raising and some of you pushing up the other hands, that this may be a perfect message for your spouse. You're thinking that, right? So, or maybe this is for my dad or my mother-in-law, right? And you're thinking, uh, well, I'm so glad they're listening, right? Well, you may think, I'm not controlling. I'm just like, you know, aggressively helpful. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not controlling, but I'm, I'm uh, just thoroughly organized. Listen, some of you make coffee look nervous, Right? You want to control everything. And your kids know it. You know, you know what they look like, where they go, where they're going to hang out, who they're going to hang out with, where they go to college, what they're going to make on their ACTs, like who they're going to marry, like how many grandkids they're going to have, and how they're going to take care of you when you get old. Right? You're already planning to control this. <laughs> You want to control this about you and your spouse? You're, you're wearing them out. You're like, you know, how you, you know, how you chew, how you dress, what you say, where you, where you go, uh, how you load the dishwasher, how you vacuum. Now, 
of course, vacuuming is important. You must vacuum with parallel lines, never crossing, and it must go all the way up to the edge. And if it doesn't do that, then you don't, you don't honor God. So, and we must do everything as unto the Lord. We must vacuum just right. You want to be in control. And some of you, you want to control what people think about you. And social media is your greatest weapon, right? You can show them the life that you want to see filtered and edited. It took you like 37 times to get the, the photo by the tree. You know, like you almost gave up a kid and divorced your spouse. But you're like, hashtag blessed. You know? <laughs> You know, I'm really just talking about myself. I know it's funny, but the more you try to be in control, the more you fear losing control. The more you fear losing control, the more you want to be in control, right? That's why today what I want to do is I want to give you just one thought, one big idea, just a simple thought to remember, but... Not a simple thought to live by. And to live this out, it takes faith. But on the other side of your faith, let me promise you, you will always, always see the faithfulness of God who is with you. Now here the big thought is, you don't always have the the power to control, but you do have the power to surrender. Let me say it again. You don't always have the power to control, to make him do what you want, to make her behave like you want, to get your marriage where you want it to be, to get your finances finally in line. You can't, you know, maybe where your health is uh, finally where you want it to be, to have your kids finally do what you ask them to do, right? I don't, it's like you don't always have the power to control, but you do have the power to surrender, And when we talk about this, an angel appears to the Virgin Mary. And a lot of people think, well, you know, it was easy for her. Right? She was Mary. Like, after all, they they made statues out of her, you know? They, 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 They built cathedrals with her name on them, right? So, I mean, she's the Virgin Mary. But no, actually... When the angel appeared to her, we have to recognize that she was just an ordinary, everyday, average teenage girl. You know, they say that, scholars would say that she was 13, 14, maybe 15 years of age. She had hopes. She probably had dreams, just like any other little girl. She was probably dreaming about you know, like getting married, you know. But she didn't have the options like you guys do. She couldn't snap the cute guy that she met at youth camp or, or whatever. She couldn't do that. Like there's no Match.com or, or Christian Tingle or whatever the version is called. Like she doesn't just meet somebody. She's got a limited community of people to choose from. And she would have been like any other girl. She would have wanted just a few basic, simple qualities. You know, guys, women, 
they just, they're just asking for a few basic things, really. Okay? Mary just wanted a few simple things as well. Like she just, she thought that she would maybe like someone that's strong, handsome, charming, drove a nice donkey, like newer model, nothing, just reliable, nothing fancy, maybe a good job, a man with a bright future, someone that had strong hands but a soft heart, you know? Someone that's close to mom but not a mama's boy, right? (laughs) She wanted a guy that was bold yet humble, someone who was decisive yet flexible, well-groomed but not obsessive. But like, you know, just like maybe just a little beard oil once, not like all day long grooming and grooming and grooming. Okay, right? So she wanted someone that had big goals. It was easygoing. Someone that made her feel safe but was just a little dangerous. Someone who liked chocolate-covered strawberries. You know? Loved long walks on the beach, maybe old movies, whatever. Most of all, she wanted a guy that was godly. This would be the man that would be the daddy to her children, you know? I mean, like, whatever it is, I'm just making this up, but, you know, she had dreams. She'd meet him, and he proposed to her on the Bethlehem Bridge. Oh, and the photographer would get the perfect Instagram moment, you know? And, like, they'd get married in Jerusalem gardens. Oh, it'd be, it'd be so nice, and they'd slow dance to thinking out loud. Oh, it'd be perfect. You know, and whatever it is, they'd have two kids, maybe a boy and a girl. The boy would name Joey Jr., you know, and the girl would be named like Ava or Olivia. You know, they hadn't decided yet. You know, they'd have a dog, not a cat. That's important, okay? (laughs) They'd watch Netflix and chill out by the fire, you know. Who knows, whatever. She had hopes, she had dreams, and the angel comes to her and says, no. God has something different for you, disturbed and confused. Some of you, I know you had a plan as well. You had a plan, maybe you had a plan to have two kids and you got a bonus round. Right? You didn't see that coming. You know, or the opposite. You, had, you, you, you hoped for three kids, but you found you couldn't conceive your first and you're disturbed and confused. Maybe you thought that job was going to be the perfect job, but now you're finding out that they're planning on downsizing, and you just have no idea. You know, you're barely paying the rent as it is now, you're thinking, and it's weighing on you. It could be a relational issue, maybe a marriage that isn't quite what it's supposed to be. Maybe There's an empty chair at the Christmas table this year. The person was there last year, but for whatever reason, they're not here this year. And you never thought it would happen. It could be a health issue. It could be a financial weight. It could be any number of things. You're feeling disturbed and confused. You didn't think it would be like this. You were like Mary. And when you think about Mary, she, you know, she didn't even know 
what the end of the story was going to be like. Like she didn't know that three days later that Jesus would be on the cross and that he would die and that God would raise him from the dead and that all the angels would sing and, and he'd ascend into heaven and he'd be seated at the right hand of God the Father. She didn't know that. And you know what's going to happen? You don't know what's going to happen in your particular situation either. You don't. You don't always have the power to control but you always have the power to surrender. She had to make a decision between her plans and what appeared to be God's purpose. She had to choose between her control and God's calling. And what I love about Mary is, is this. Even though she didn't understand the plan, she didn't know. Like she trusted that her father had a purpose. Mm. God's doing something, and he's doing something in your life as well. You always have the power to surrender. And what's interesting to me is when I think about it, you know, there is, there is no such thing as what I call partial surrender. You know, like you're surrendered to Jesus, I give up, I'm, it's all yours or you're not. There's no, like, degrees of surrender. Like, I'm 87.5%, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, I still, I know I can trust him to save my soul, but I, I, I still like to fool around, you know, I'm not giving that up. Maybe you trust him with your past, but you can't trust him with your money. You know, I trust, you could say I, I trust him with, maybe he gives me peace when I'm hurting. But not with my kids. Those are my kids. There's no such thing as partial surrender. So what is our desire to control rooted in? You know, when I think about all the different areas of my life and, and how, and believe me when I tell you that I'm preaching to myself today as well, that my desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. My desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. And the more I try to control, the more I overestimate my ability to control. The more I underestimate the goodness of God. It's not easy. I know I told you, but because in culture tells us, you know, that if it's going to happen, it's, 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 if it's going to be, it's got to be me, right? I know I've been there. I've said that. You know, uh, I've got to be strong. I've got to manipulate it. I've got to get it done. But Jesus says something diametrically opposed to everything that culture says. Jesus says, if you cling to your life, in other words, if you try to be in control, you're actually going to lose it but if instead you give up your life if you surrender it for me jesus says you will find it Mm. you know in other words to fully follow jesus is to surrender control just let it be the interesting interesting thing is that surrendering control is just not a one-time decision 
It's not like, you know, hey, back in 2012, you know, I, I gave my life to Jesus and uh, it's all good. No, it doesn't work that way. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice. And we look at, when we look at Mary's surrender, what's so interesting is that every time that she chose to surrender something, she eventually saw the evidence of the faithfulness of God. I mean, watch again and again. Let's think about it, okay? Like, you're a virgin and you're pregnant. Like, I'm just being honest with you, okay? Like, you know, if Dee comes to me and she says the Holy Ghost got her pregnant, we got problems. Right? But she has to go and tell Joseph this. And she says, let it be. Right? She surrenders. And what does God do? She doesn't just, you know, he's going to do it. But God then sends Gabriel, the angel, who appears to Joseph in a dream and says, hey, this whole thing, it's legit. Right? She surrenders and she sees the faithfulness of God. Then people all around town, you know, they're whispering. They're like, uh, you know, oh, Mary, you know, I... I saw her donkey over his house at like 2 in the morning, you know. We know what they're doing, right? She'd be shamed, right, for that. The Holy Spirit, though, confirms it to her relative Elizabeth, and this is of God, and it just gives her comfort. I mean, you think about it. Think about of all the times that, you know, Jesus is missing, and he's missing at the age of 12. I mean, you ever had a a kid go missing? Like, you know, they're panicking, right? And, and where do they find Jesus? He's teaching adults, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. He's the son of God, you know? Like, he does things like this. There you are, God, right? And you think about it. When Mary was giving birth, she's nine months pregnant, riding on, riding on a donkey, cannot find a holiday inn. You know, there's no Motel 6. There are no rooms. This is not ideal, right? And he, God provides. She trusts him, and God provides a stall or like a, a cave next to farm animals. It's not ideal. Shepherds show up to worship. Oh, yeah, God is with us. God is with us. Herod, the king, he gets word. Who is this baby? we got to make sure he's dead. Think about it. The king and all his forces want to kill the baby. Every day, though, Mary is like, God, I trust you with my child. I trust you with my child. On the run, fleeing to Egypt, I trust you. I trust you. How do you pay the bills when you're on the run like that? I don't know. I trust you. Three wise men show up and bring payment. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh to worship the Son of God. Now, I know I'm reading into this, but gold would help you out quite a bit if you're on the run, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Surrender. Faithfulness. Fast forward. Jesus knows what's going to happen to him. He's the son of God. He's in the garden of Gethsemane and he's agonizing, guys. He knows what's about to happen. He's agonizing. The pressure is so intense. 
If you look at it scientifically, his capillaries burst. Blood comes out of his brow. That's how intense it is. He cries out to his daddy, his heavenly father, and he says, if there is any other way you could take this cup from me. He's talking about what he's talking about is the cup of suffering that's coming to remove it. And then he says the exact same Greek word that his mother said when she said, let it be. He said the same thing. Let it be your will, God. And not mine. And, and he, then he goes to the cross. And his mother looks at him on the cross. Can you imagine, guys, as a parent, especially you moms, can you imagine seeing your son on the cross? Mm, you know what? He's beaten so badly that you can't even recognize he's even human being. And don't, don't romanticize her as just the Virgin Mary. She's a mom that loves her child. They're spitting on him. They're cursing him. And he's suffering. Jesus could have acted and he could have, you know, he could have brought in legions of angels to wipe them out. force you to do this today but I, I want to create an opportunity where perhaps God can do something special if there's a burden on your heart something that you're carrying that it might be like a relationship maybe it's a marriage maybe it's a, a child that you're aching for diagnosis whatever it may be maybe it's a a hurt because of something that you've lost maybe it's an addiction maybe it's just guilt that you're carrying from something that you just cannot undo whatever it is you might choose to give him the burden Scripture says in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties because he cares for you. What's so special to me about the story of Mary is that the angel appears to her, and what did the angel say? Jesus 
He's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. I hope you feel that today. God is with you. You know, it's only been a year since I came on staff, the pastoral staff here. And I got to tell you that there was a lot of change in me in this. Like, I, I did feel, and I do feel, the weight of the spiritual responsibility. And I have come to, to love you guys and care for you guys. But I had to realize something. I can't control you. Not at all. And you know what? I'd love to. I'd love to be able to, like, preach some great sermon and, and talk you into it. could just talk you into a way to just surrender those burdens to him. It'd be wonderful, but I can't. So what I had to do is I had to realize it, that I can't control you. So simply we we just simply surrender you to the work of the Holy Spirit. That's all we can do. So I'm going to try to Set up some, set the table for you here. And see if you want to feast on the goodness of God. You know, I can't do it though, but only His Spirit can move you surrender. You don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to surrender. I promise you though, God can do way more through your surrender than you could ever do through your control. So I'm going to ask everyone just to bow their heads and close your eyes. Father, we ask that you would do what only you can do today in the work of the hearts of the people that you love so much. show them that you're with them that you're good that you're here God on the other side of their faith I know they'll see your faithfulness now with nobody looking around those of you that would just say I have something I'd like to surrender would you just raise up a hand situation, whatever the burden, whatever it is, God, help me to surrender this to you. Help me surrender this to you, God. And just open your hands and give it to you. Cast your burdens on him.
let it be. Let it be your will, God.